the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. You've come too far from where we started. Nobody told me the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Folks. Folks. I don't think the good Lord brought us anything this far to leave us behind. We just have to remember. We just have to remember who we are. We're the United States of America. And there's Hallelujah. nothing beyond our capacity. Hallelujah. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So happy Black History Month. May God bless you all and enjoy the reception which starts after the next performance that I'm about that's about to be announced. Jeez, <laughs> oh, he just kind of. He just kind of ended on a weird note there, didn't he? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Stearns radio program. Happy Black History Month to you, America. Uh, yeah, Joe Biden hollering and uh, wishing everybody a Black History Month at the White House. Pulled one of those Hillary Clinton when she gets into that black preacherette mode. I'm tired. Oh, Hillary. Uh, anyway, Biden, by the way. Uh, made a startling revelation, uh, cut number 12. But I'm, by the way, you know, I'm not, I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I know where the power is. Uh-huh. I know where the power, you think I'm joking. Uh-huh. I learned a long time ago about the divine nine. Uh-huh. There you go. Uh, interesting fact here, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden is both white and stupid. So there you go. Uh, welcome to the Todd Stearns radio program. Hope you're doing well today. Man, do we have a lot a lot going on. Uh, we're going to be checking in with our friend Senator Mark Wayne Mullen a little bit later on today from the beautiful state of Oklahoma. Also, Pastor Jack Hibbs is uh, going to be here. Man, is the cancel culture crowd coming after him. And excuse me for uh, the little. Uh... All right, cut number two. Metro Dining here. I got a question for you. Ready? All right. 2024. Who's pumped up for the election? All right. Rap- rapid fire. Who's your man? Who's your woman? My man, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Christy, no. Christy, no. Who's your man? Donald Trump. Or a woman. Trump. Trump. A lot of Trump fans. Trump and Nikki Haley. And Nikki Haley. Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. All right, so far, a lot of Donald Trump. I see, I see uh, Governor DeSantis. What about President DeSantis? I like it. I like it. Uh, who's your pick? 
Would you pumped up for? I am super pumped. I feel like we need a little bit of a break from election election. It goes from one to the other, but it's getting exciting. We know Nikki Haley's in. We know Vivek Ramaswamy is in, and we also know that uh, it looks like Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo. And so many others are poised to jump in, including Governor Ron DeSantis, whose book is out today. He'll be on a little bit later. That's the latest from the Metro Diner. Thanks so much for coming out. All right. Pardon me. We've got pollen. You you can actually eat the air here in Memphis, Tennessee. So my apologies there. Had a little coughing fit on the radio. Uh, that was Brian Kilmeade. We're going to get to this story a little bit later on. Kilmeade going down to, of all places, Florida, Florida. And he was trying to find supporters of ron desantis in a diner and came up empty so we're we're going to get to that story in just a moment but i want to get back to joe biden uh celebrating black history month and you know who i did not see i did not see medea at the at the white house celebration how do you not have a black history month celebration without medea i i just don't understand that so california getting ready to celebrate black history month in a big way So this headline from Fox News, Anders Hagstrom is the writer, a good Minnesota name. San Francisco is going to to figure out how to give reparations to black people. And they have come up with a formula. And here it is. They're going to give $5 million to every black person. That's any black person who was a descendant of slaves, will receive $5 million apiece. Now, a lot of people have been wondering, how did they come up with this dollar amount? I mean, it's just, why not not $10 million? Why not $20 million? Well, San Francisco put together something called the African American Reparations Advisory Committee. And I'm assuming this means it's only for black people born in Africa. Otherwise, it would just be the Black Americans Reparation Advisory Committee, but it's not. It's the African American Reparations Advisory Committee, and they have unveiled their recommendation. They say the city owed compensation to black residents for decades of discrimination. The committee's chair, consultant Eric McDonald, now says the $5 million came as a result of a journey rather than a mathematical formula. Quote, there wasn't a math formula, he told the Washington Post. It was a journey for the committee towards what could represent a significant enough investment in families to put them on this path to economic well-being, growth, vitality, that chattel slavery, and all the policies that flowed from it destroyed. Now, a couple of things you need to be aware of about San Francisco Slavery was never legal in San Francisco. So the question is, what exactly are they giving the, the $5 million for? If, if it wasn't for slavery, what is it? Well, the city says that blacks were victims of racist policies and they were economically harmed. So they want to provide every black resident $5 million. City supervisors say the proposal is unrealistic given the city's budget. Well, that's just racist. I'm just really shocked. I thought San Francisco had a much more progressive city council. 
How racist of them. While not all of the city's 50,000 black residents would qualify for the full $5 million payment, the expense would nevertheless be untenable. Well, another question here, 50,000 black residents. Why is it that so few black people live in San Francisco? Is it a racist town? I mean, do they allow black people? Do they, do they have a quota system? How does that work out? San Francisco Supervisor Hillary Ronan told the San Francisco Chronicle, I wish we had this kind of money in San Francisco's general fund, but if we want to maintain the services that exist today, we do not. And what services, pray tell, might those be? Well, I have to tell you, they spend a what, couple, uh, couple of million dollars on poop patrols because they allow people to drop their pants and poop in the middle of the streets. They have all the free drug centers, so you can go and get your drugs and free needle exchanges, so you can get. So those are the types of services they would have to give up to give all of these uh, folks their five million dollar reparation payment. Now, I have a question. What happens after they make their and work their way through the $5 million reparation? And how long does that reparation last? I mean, is it multi-generational, much like the public housing, where you have generations of people now living in public housing? Is that what we're talking about here? So if, if grandma gets $5 million and your mom gets $5 million, Will you get $5 million? Are we talking about, say, a family of five could all of a sudden become multimillionaires just because of the color of their skin? Isn't America great? <sighs> another another official, Supervisor Shim Shaman Walton, told the newspaper that some San Franciscans had suggested using revenue brought in by the city's cannabis business tax. Oh, that's a lovely idea. That tax, which had been suspended for years, was recommended for another suspension through 2025, but even that money would not come close to covering the cost. San Francisco reports that according to the city's budget office, the tax would only raise about $10.2 million a year. But there's more, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, folks, If you're black or you want to identify like yours truly, LeBron Stearns, I would encourage you to get in your station wagon and head directly to, well, Tesla. Get into your battery-powered car and head right to San Francisco. Because in addition to the $5 million payments, get this, the proposal also calls for debt forgiveness. So let's just say that you're out, your, your credit cards are maxed out, you're behind on your mortgage. You've, you've quadrupled mortgage your house. You got no money in the bank. It's okay. It's okay. Because San Francisco is going to make your next door neighbor pay your bills. Now, to be eligible for the proposed program, an applicant must be 18 years old and have identified as black or African American on public documents for at least 10 years. Now, I'm going to call him out on this one. First of all, that's ageism. What's up with 18 years old? Uh, what about the seven-year-old? What about the five-year-old that's been oppressed? I mean, that's what they're learning in kindergarten and preschool, right? That, they, that they're already oppressed. So I think the four- and five-year-olds deserve the, the $5 million cash. That'll buy a lot of Legos. And what's up with having uh, – you have to 
identify as a black or African-American on public documents for at least 10 years? Well, I have a question for you. Because again, truth is irrelevant in American society. So what if, what if 10 years to you may be a couple of months to me? What right do you have to say that 10 years is 10 years when in fact it could be two months? Hmm? According to, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, it's so ludicrous. According to Fox News, you must also prove at least two of eight additional criteria. You got to be born in San Francisco between 1940 and 1996. So hear me on this. They're telling you that any black person born in 1996 may as well have been born into slavery because you have been oppressed if you were born in 1996. You also have to be a direct descendant of someone incarcerated by the failed war on drugs. <laughs> so if you got a drunk addict in the family, you could get your $5 million in government money. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. But beyond that, now you have the state of California announcing that they are considering a reparations plan as well. Now, it's not as generous, not as generous as what the good people in San Francisco want to do. But you could be getting upwards of a quarter million dollars from the state. This is all fascinating, ladies and gentlemen. This story from the Washington Examiner, the Californian Reparations Task Force wants to give hundreds of thousands of dollars to every black resident in the state. And they're scheduled to meet this week to talk about it. The commission includes eight black people and one Asian American. And they're looking at giving folks about $223,000 every black person in the state. So I have a very simple question as we go to break here. Because this is being discussed all over the nation. As a matter of fact, right here in Memphis, Tennessee, they have just announced they're going to be spending $5 million to study reparations. Do you support this as an American citizen? Do you agree that descendants of slaves or people born in 1996 deserve to have some sort of a reparation to the tune of $5 million? You know where this money's coming from. It's coming from your paycheck. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. You know, in moments like this, I just have to ask, what would Medea do? Now, an update from Dr. Charles Frettinger, United States Department of Energy. Recently, we released our conclusion that the COVID pandemic was likely caused by a leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology Lab and not transferred from animal to human at the wet market. Since our finding, many have criticized us for being slow in reporting accurately on such an important event. However, we feel this is in error because the most likely explanation at the time was the wet market. Only just recently have we learned that there was no truth to the rumor that Hunter Biden was in the Wuhan wet market looking for love in all the um, wrong places. He was a guest at the Ping Pong Palace in Beijing. Oh, 
And while I have your attention, we have also concluded that it was the Japanese who bombed Pearl Harbor. Thank you. The Department of Energy. We're your source of decisive, authoritative, and up-to-the-minute information. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Welcome back. Let's get right to those phones, 844-747-8868. We're going to start in Memphis, Tennessee. Jay listening to us on the great KWAM wants to weigh in on reparations. Hi, Jay. What's going on? Uh, hi, LeBron. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you know something? Uh, uh, I, I'd like to speak about uh, Shelby County's uh, investigation of reparations. But before that, I'd like to ask you this. When somebody who's genuinely concerned about the climate catastrophe uh, that's uh, going to sink the earth, um, like John Kerry, how does he how does he investigate the climate catastrophe? He goes by private jet to Davos to stay in a uh, motel. Oh, excuse me, a five star hotel. And he eats probably five five meals per day, and goes around by limousine. And by the, I, I think that's a fair fair well, assumption to make. And right? here's all you need to know about this whole climate change hoax: there are the same number of icebergs uh, when John when when uh, Al Gore was born as there are today. So when when you go and when you look at where they believe the Pilgrims landed in Massachusetts, the rock is still there; it's not underwater. All right, you've got about two minutes here, Jay, so finish okay, your yeah. thought. Okay, so okay, so the next question is this. If you want, if you're Shelby, uh, Shelby County Commissioner and you want to investigate the vestiges of slavery, <clears throat> don't you think that you're going to have to get a first-class ta- first ticket to Accra, Ghana, and stay in a five-star hotel and eat five meals a day and go around by chauffeur limousine? That I, I would guess you'd have to do that. And then you'd have to... Uh, go to Washington, D.C., and you'd have to look at uh, the Constitution, and you'd have to find out why, you know, why the uh, uh, Declaration of Independence uh, didn't uh, give independence to uh, slaves, etc. In other words, you could spend $5 million just doing that. It's possible. It's possible. I'm not quite sure how they're going to be spending that money, Jay, but I can promise you this. I know the news team over at KWAM is going to be all over that story, and they will, they're going to hold them accountable for every single 
Penny. Jay, we've got to run. That music means we've got to take a break. Appreciate the call. We have Anna and John and Steve. Hang tight. We're going right to your calls. We have lines open, 844-747-8868. Five billion dollars per person in reparations. You think that's a good idea? Will that will that unite America? Just when you thought it could not get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that's made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. And for my listeners, an exclusive. The MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code STARNS. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com slash Starns. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns for the buy one, get one free offer and enter the promo code Starns. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Starns radio program. By the way, we had someone call in. They didn't want to go on the air, but they wanted to tear me a new one because I was, quote, dissing Fox News Channel. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But, folks, you need to understand that Fox has banned President Trump, Don Jr. As a matter of fact, Don Jr. is blaming Paul Ryan for having him banned from going on Fox News Channel. And a lot of revelations coming out last night, and we're going to get to all of those. But I'm telling you, it is crazy. And a lot of this intel shows that the people at Fox News are not your friends. Again, I want to get to these phone calls first. We're going to do a deep dive into what's happening at Fox. And look, if you got if you disagree with me, give me a call. Let's have that conversation on the air, 844-747-8868. Let's go to Anna in Georgia, WDUN, our great station there. Hi, Anna. What's going on? Hey, Todd. I'll make this short. I think that um, I think a lot of things that, of course, that's not uh, legit. None, none of the stuff going on in, in Washington is legitimate. A thinking person knows that. And I don't care what color you are, they don't think about, you know, if they're thinking about this kind of thing happening, they're sadly mistaken. And one other thing, this, um, when you were playing that audio about the president uh, talking to uh, his uh, constituents, uh, this is a man who did not vote, who voted against uh, civil rights back in 1964. So I don't know where he's coming from with that mess, but uh, it just it everything is on its head, and um, we need to really start focusing on who's going to be the next president of the United States because if he becomes the president of the United States again, then you know something is gone terribly awry, incredibly, incredibly awry because it's going to what it's going to do is support what. Uh, 
uh, President Trump had suggested years ago. And But we all knew that. I, I just I, I couldn't believe he was becoming president of the United States because he's always been on the wrong side of an argument. Um, I, I, I'm disgusted, and I'm just living for 2024, and I'm hoping that... Uh, that uh, the Republicans run DeSantis or Trump. I like Nikki Haley, but I think she'd make a better vice president. But she's a, she's a formidable woman. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just hope that it's not uh, Biden because he's he needs a 25th Amendment uh, used on him because he's not well. And there's a lot of people up there that are using him. He's just not a well man. No, he's he's not, and this is I blame the wife, Mrs. Doctor First Lady Jill Biden. She is yeah. she is not a very good person, and Anna, it's no. all about power. She is just like Mrs. Fetterman, uh, who her husband is in the hospital. He may or may not be alive. We 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 do not know. They refuse yeah. to let us actually see photographs of him or have video evidence that he is actually still with us. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. the wife took the kids off to Canada for a vacation while her husband's in the hospital. Okay, it just goes to show you that the uh, character and the integrity just isn't there. And, we, you know, American people just, they just can't do that. We can't do that. This is all insanity. And, and you know, it has nothing to do with black or white or yellow or red. It has a bunch of people. The government has gotten way too big. And it's got to, uh, we, we can't do this anymore. Anna, this is, this is nothing more than redistribution of the wealth. That's all this is. It's not reparations. It's redistribution of the wealth. Anna, got to run. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Let's go to Steve in Arkansas. Hi, Steve. What's up? Hey, Todd. I won't give an angle on reparations that I hadn't heard many people talk about, but if, statistically, if you look at like lottery winners or people that get big uh, settlement insurance settlements. Anybody time somebody gets a big hook of free free money, statistically within about five years it's gone. So the controlling elites in this country may be behind this think this reparation thing is such a good idea because they know within five years most of this money is going to be in their pocket. Well, <laughs> well, that you know that that is an interesting take on it, and uh, there is actually a good study you could probably, if you're looking for a good comparison, Steve. I would say folks who've won that lottery money, and then you know, a couple of years later, yeah. they're they're back living in the uh, the single wide trailer. Yeah, just it sounds like another money laundering operation from our government. Maybe. Indeed, it does. <laughs> Indeed, it does. By the way, could you imagine uh, the knocking on Oprah's door there right outside of Santa Barbara and saying, Oprah, can you break a $10 million bill and she, so she can get her $5 million bucks. She's, mm. I guess Oprah is going to be eligible for that uh, reparations money. It would be racist if she wouldn't. Yes, sir. It would. <laughs> exactly. All right, Steve, appreciate that call. Let's go to John in Georgia. Hi, John. What say you? Hey, Mr. Starnes, uh, I just wanted to weigh in. I, I learned something this weekend in watching uh, a six-part YouTube uh, documentary about Native Americans. And it talked about one of the segments was Indian Wars. And I was surprised to find out that there were murderous black 
racist soldiers, Buffalo soldiers, who killed hundreds, if not thousands, of Native Americans. Does black leadership think that Native Americans deserve reparations? I, nobody talks about them. John, it's a, it's a terrific question you ask, and I will say no because they, you know, again the the race baiters, the race agitators, they don't believe they don't believe that they can be racist. The only white people can be racist. Uh, I suspect they would even throw in Hispanics and Asian Americans. Um, but it really doesn't. But it really doesn't matter, John. There, this is about redistributing the wealth, and they're probably going to be able to get away with it in California. Uh, in California, yes, I don't think it'll fly in Georgia. But I, I was just—it was—it was very. It was a learning experience. Nine regiments of cavalry fought in the Indian Wars. Two of them were all black Buffalo soldiers. Well, there are a lot of bad people out there, John, of all different kinds of skin color. So there you go. Yes, sir. All right. John, Thank God you. bless you. Thank you for calling. I appreciate the uh, the info there. All right, 844-747-8868. As promised, I want to get to this Fox News report. President Trump is raging mad. Earlier today, the president put out a statement. Rupert Murdoch, by the way, is now admitting under oath in this Dominion lawsuit that Fox News Channel host promoted election lies. Now, this is not Todd Stern saying this. This is the official court documents. By the way, Rupert Murdoch is the owner of Fox News Channel. I'm not putting words in his mouth. But Rupert Murdoch testified under oath that Fox News promoted election lies on air, despite plenty of evidence revealing that many hosts privately knew the claims made by then-President Trump and his surrogates to be false. This is from Mediaite. Stunning new details emerged in more court documents released Monday in the Dominion Voting System's defamation lawsuit against Fox. Let me stop right here for a moment. If all of this is accurate, and we have no reason to believe it is not accurate, Fox News is in a world of hurt because they are facing $1.6 billion dollars in fines and penalties if they lose this lawsuit, and it does not look good. Murdoch admitted in a deposition last month that false election claims were promoted by top hosts at the cable news network. Quote, they endorsed, I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight. Murdoch said, I think so. When asked if host Janine Pirro endorsed the claims, he said Lou Dobbs endorsed the claims a lot, and Sean Hannity did so a bit. When asked if he could have told Fox to stop inviting Trump lawyers Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani on the air, Murdoch replied, I could have, but I didn't. Wow. There you go. This uh, this was President Trump's response uh, just a few moments ago. Why is Rupert Murdoch throwing his anchors under the table, which also happens to be killing his case and infuriating his viewers, who will again be leaving in droves? They already are. There is massive evidence of voter fraud and irregularities in the 2020 presidential election. Just look at the documentary 2000 Mules. Let me stop here for a moment. Fox News would not allow 2,000 mules to be broadcast or promoted on their channel. Trump goes on to say, you will see large-scale ballot stuffing caught on government cameras, 
or votes cast without legislature's approval, or just recently, the FBI Twitter file scandal. Rigged, all caps. President's fired up over this. He goes on to say there was so much voter fraud and irregularities in the 2020 presidential election, it amazes me how weak and ineffective Fox News is at portraying itself in the lawsuit against them. Let me stop here. This is a mess for Fox News. I mean, these folks are in a world of hurt because the whole point, it doesn't matter if it happened or didn't happen, the voter fraud. That doesn't matter. That's irrelevant here. The issue is that Fox News host went out there and privately they did privately they did not believe there was voter fraud but when the cameras came on and the lights came on they were telling you the viewers there was voter fraud and Dominion was responsible. And they've got the goods. They've got all the text messages. They have all of this information. So Fox hate to break it to you but you're probably not going to have a very nice Christmas party this year. Get ready for one of those environmental-friendly light bulbs. They gave us those one year, by the way. It's a good light bulb. Let me continue. This is President Trump. Fox looks too scared and frightened to reveal the massive amounts of voter fraud and irregularities already found, and it would actually help them in the lawsuit. Instead, Fox News wants to silence its anchors and reporters. The reason so many of their viewers fled the election was that of a third-world country. Now, Fox has responded, but they're not denying anything. They just say that the lawsuit has always been about what will generate headlines. Then what can withstand legal and factual scrutiny? That doesn't exactly sound like a rousing denial to me. But there you go. And it is a mess. And my question to you, ladies and gentlemen, as we go to break, do you still support Fox News? Does it bother you that the Fox News host were out there telling you on the air there is voter fraud, we have irrefutable evidence, but when the lights went out, they didn't believe it. They basically laughed at you guys. Can you believe these guys? They, they actually buy in what we're telling them here? Does that bother you? 844-747-8868. That's a toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, packing our bags, Grace Baker, Caleb Park, we're all heading down to CPAC, Washington, D.C. 
We're going to be broadcasting the show there Thursday and Friday. We've got, I'm telling you, it is jam-packed with the number of people wanting to come on the program. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to give you the bird's eye view. And we would love to see you if you are going to be there. We hope you drop by. You'll be able to find us. We've got, we have some pretty impressive imaging and branding. So we'd love to, we'd love to see you at, at CPAC this year. By the way, Fox News, again, back to Fox. Fox News is not going to be broadcasting CPAC this year. In years past, they have had Fox Nation there, a massive setup. Now, they're not saying why. Um, Some of this may have to do with some of the allegations around Matt Schlapp, the lawsuit. Uh, But it turns out that Newsmax TV is going to be the big sponsor this year. So Newsmax is stepping in, and they're going to be providing massive coverage. You will see me on a number of Newsmax TV shows while we're uh, there in Washington. Also, Ron DeSantis, he will not be showing up. He has turned down an invitation. And also, Governor Mike Pence, or former Vice President Mike Pence, will not be in attendance either. So I'm, I love baseball and where's Dylan? Dylan played baseball for a while. Um, and uh, Dylan, I'm going to let you get situated here. I want to talk about a, a brand new rule, a brand new device that has been introduced to baseball. And one of the big complaints has been that baseball games are just too long. Yeah. And so spring training underway and they've implemented the brand new pitch clock. And it's supposed to, and by the way, it's actually sped up the games. It shaved about 30 to 40 minutes off the games. Yeah. I'm actually excited for this. This is a, this is a, I think this is a good thing for baseball because I think if you talk to a lot of people that like to actually go to the games, they'll be like, yeah, you know, it's just slow sometimes because, yeah, the pitcher just does stand up there sometimes and take their time. So what is it? It's uh, 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then when, uh, with runners on base, pitchers have 20 seconds to throw. Yeah. They say it's stressing people out. <laughs> I'm sure it does. They're not used to this kind of speed. Because the games became tediously long. Yep. So I'm curious how baseball purists, because you were a pitcher back right. in the day. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. For, it's been so long. But for me, you know, I just I didn't take as much time as some of these other professional pitchers uh, are taken, but I don't know. I, I, overall, I think this is a good thing for baseball. It'll get more viewers. It'll have more, you know, um, sustained watching time. It just picks up the pace a little bit, a lot. Yeah, and it seems has was baseball always like that though. I uh, was it always that long and slow. It just seems like here lately, it's just it was becoming. Jeez, Alou, like a mini series. <laughs> I think people just became more impatient. <laughs> That's all it is. You think so? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, that, well, that could be it. I think it's always been this slow, but you know, baseball is a lot harder nowadays because pitchers are pitching faster and faster. So the game is just going to go a lot faster in general. Barstool Sports—they've got some video side by side. A pitcher with the pitch clock threw one full inning before Pedro Baez threw one pitch. <laughs> Sounds about right. There you go. But you know, there are some people out there. Don't you dare touch. Don't mess with baseball. It's a, it's America's sport. Yep. I don't know. I I generally think that people are going to enjoy this just because the 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 fans that are already there are going to are they're going to stay there. But the there this is opportunity for new people to come in and be like, okay, I can actually enjoy watching this, and they'll probably even start to go to the games. 
it's really, I think, one of the only major sports without a, a clock. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the, it's really no ending, and it could go on for you know for hours. And yep. remember some of those games going into the wee hours of the morning, seven eight hours. That's true. That's true. Oh my god! Do you remember the longest game you ever played in? Uh, man, I wish that they gave us nine innings because, you know, baseball is, is nine innings long. For kids, like when I was playing, they gave us like seven or six sometimes. So I had wished that it would go to nine innings a lot of times. But uh, the longest I played is probably about nine or ten innings. This is going to be a lot of fun. I, th- I think a lot of people are going to be going to games that probably have not gone and are probably going to be watching those games. I think so, too. And uh, I'm not sure, is this going to be one of those things for the Memphis Redbirds, too? Is that going to implement that, too? Cause I know for the minor here. leagues. Okay. So. I don't know. We'll see. I guess so. Well, I'll, right. I'll be excited to go to those games, too. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, baseball fans out there, I know the I know the purists. Don't mess with baseball. It needs to be an eight-hour game. Come on. You got Cracker Jacks and a hot dog for crying out loud. All right, got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. Play Ball America. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program, Hour 2 of the Big Show. Wow, we got a lot going on this hour. By the way, you folks in Wichita listening to us on the big the big talker kqam we've got a crazy story coming out of your town where training materials are are teaching educators that using the wrong pronouns could lead to death so we no i i yes i know it it kind of escalated quickly there but that's what they're saying we're going to be talking to the president of parents defending education a little bit later on uh this hour we'll also be taking your calls as well but first i want to go to the patriot mobile newsmaker line honored to have a great guest a great american patriot and an incredible pastor of calvary chapel chino hills our good friend pastor jack hibbs pastor how are you doing Todd, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. You know, I haven't seen the Jesus Revolution movie yet, but everybody is telling me it's remarkable. <laughs> well, i got to tell you, I have to confess, I'll be seeing it in about two hours. I, myself, uh, had the pleasure and the honor of being uh, involved at the latter end of that. In the, in the mid to late 70s, I've, I was there. I saw it. It was truly a work of God. And, and you, did you know Chuck Smith? Oh, my goodness. Not only did I know him personally, but my wife, Lisa, was his personal secretary for some years, and I had the honor of being ordained uh, by Pastor Chuck personally. So, yes, we did. Wow, that's amazing. I was, I've was i heard nothing but wonderful things about Kelsey Grammer and, and his portrayal. Yeah. And, of course, he really got emotional during a national TV interview talking about his faith and the, the experience of being a part of all this. Yeah, I saw that. And I was not surprised because when you do, and I assume he did, he studied the role of who who was this man, Chuck Smith, uh, 
you know, Todd, he was not flamboyant. He was extremely frugal and simple. He was, at, at that era, in the Jesus movement or the hippie era, Chuck was considered an old man. And he had a pretty monotone voice, but he sat on a stool and opened the Bible and just taught chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and tens of thousands of people flocked to hear the Bible, and they were hippies. They were long. They, listen, I remember going there uh, when I was 19 years old, and there were people showing up in the parking lot that had been invited off the streets or off the beach, and you could even smell pot. Now, in those days, it was fully illegal. But it was like so shocking to where there are people that would come to church being invited by somebody, hey, you should come. And they would bring drug addicts, they would bring prostitutes, they would bring religionists, you know what I mean? Anybody. So when you saw the demographic of any given service, it was shocking because there were men in three-piece suits and there were hippies. There were people with no shoes and people with wingtips. And they were all shoulder to shoulder. And I thought, Todd, because I had no religious upbringing, I got saved in 77 and I thought that's what church was all, that's what every church was like. And I didn't know that. So I've been spoiled. It's, it's the only example I've ever known is verse by verse, chapter by chapter Bible teaching. And then Jesus does the rest. He brings his people to hear his, his voice through the word of God. You know, we've been following the the developments coming out of Asbury and other universities now, uh, talking about the these uh, these revivals. What, what do you make of that as a as a pastor? Yeah, I just have to be very biblical. So I, my answer, Todd, is this: look at the Old Testament, look at the New Testament, and then look at church history uh, before we conclude what is a revival. Because here's here's the thing. A revival has to be um, measured. So what do you mean by that? A revival's got to bear fruit if it's of God. And the fruit will breed righteousness in the lives of the believers. And that beautiful portrayal of Christ by the Spirit winds up creating an awakening among the lost. And one of the great things, a simple read, is the life of George Whitfield, who preached the gospel, the church was revived and became so beautiful that the non-believers basically knocked the doors down to get in. It, it's, it's really, in mass, what the Philippian jailer experience was with Paul and Silas. Um, so I, I pray that uh, Asbury and other uh, worship services that are breaking out lead uh, to full revival. My, my answer is, time will tell. We shall see. What's the fruit of it? Will it last? Does it create righteousness? Will it result in the lost being saved? That's that's what we'll see. By the way, Pastor, on another note, have have you gotten a telephone call from the Biden administration apologizing for all the lockdowns and all the uh, the things that they threw at you guys as a result of the China virus? You know, Todd, allow me to be uh, using some sanctified sarcasm. I don't expect them to call me because I was making that pretty clear uh, t- three years ago. <laughs> I think they know what I think. Uh, certainly Gavin Newsom knows what I think. So it turns out, to God be the glory, but Todd Starnes and Jack Hibbs and a whole lot of other people were correct from the beginning. And, uh, it was, you know, we weren't being hyper-spiritual or some sort of, uh, you know, reckless people, but... You know, wow, we looked at the science of things, and then we, of course, looked mostly at 
God's word, and we obeyed the word of God. We washed our hands. We stayed away from sick people and asked people if they were sick to stay home, and we just lived our lives. And um, the fruit of that has been a beautiful thing. But I don't expect Biden or anybody else to come and say they're sorry. Um, They just won't do that. It's not in their DNA uh, to own that kind of stuff. Pastor Jack Hibbs is on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. And, Pastor, one of the reasons I wanted you to come on is this this very interesting tweet that you wrote, <laughs> and it's causing a lot of conversation around the country because you're calling out the Republican Party. Uh, I want to read this and get you to respond. It's comical to watch the Republican Party fumble over themselves and almost even now begin to gloat regarding 2024 as they proclaim that the Democrats have no one to run up against whoever the Republican nominee will be. The Republican Party is so blind and naive, not even to consider that we in California have been watching the grooming of Gavin Newsom for 2024. I'm not a prophet, but the Republicans will lose to a Gavin Newsom-Michelle Obama ticket, and no one's even thinking about that. Where? Are you a prophet, Pastor Jack? Where did you get this? No, I'm not, and I'm glad you put it that way. I'm not. I'm not pretending to be. This has been a thought in just my little mind for a very long time. Um, it, it's. I, I see Biden's administration actually Barack Obama's third term. I just see, if you look at everything Barack Obama was doing for his eight years, and then you've got this funny little interrupt called Trump, and then Biden's back to the exact same policies and uh, State Department antics and social engineering that Barack Obama was all about. Move forward. Uh, Here in California, the largest recall in American history against any candidate was the recall against Gavin Newsom. It was absolutely massive. But what happened? Uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris came here and campaigned up and down the state to save him from Larry Elder, who was an incredibly qualified candidate. So here's the problem, is that, Todd, you and I know that in this country, uh, nothing is normal anymore. And it seems as though the people who mess up the most wind up getting elected. So as I look at at Gavin Newsom. He's tall, dark, and handsome. When he speaks, he sounds like Batman. Everybody here in the state loves his hair. Um, he just walks on he walks on gold streets, so to speak. I just put that together with how every time I open an iTunes app, every time I open up uh, the, the book app to look at what's for sale, everywhere I go, Michelle Obama pops up. Everywhere. She's on the newsstands. Here, at least in California, she's on all the apps that I open up. And so quite a long time ago, I put it together. I said, man, what would be the killer ticket for a woke world? If I was a, if I was a wokeologist, what would I put together? And I would put together, in whatever order, I don't care, a ticket that is Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama. So I made that comment because I'm not going to say any names, but I was watching a certain channel that you used to be very much affiliated with, and they were just saying, oh my goodness, 2024, it's going to be a slam dunk. The Republicans, I mean, the Democrats don't have anybody. Well, I don't, I don't think that's the thing. I, I'm not a prophet, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if right at the last minute you saw uh, a Newsom-Michelle Obama ticket, because it would be the woke dream ticket come true. And um, so 
You know, I, I look in California, Todd. I'm, I'm going to get mail for this. In California, we put up. I mean, we literally. I mean, Dennis Prager and myself literally went to Larry Elder and talked him into running for governor. A poor man born in South Central Los Angeles, who elevated through the ranks, became a millionaire and a legend on radio, and he's got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He was. He was the perfect. He was the perfect ticket. He was the perfect replacement, and we could not get one official from the Republican Party of California to endorse Larry Elder. They refused. They wound up endorsing no one in the Gavin Newsom recall. So the Republican Party in California has been a, uh, the, the problem. They've not been able to produce winnable candidates uh, for years, for decades, so we as the church in California, we've recently been going around that with what you know, Todd, as our ballot collection efforts, and it's been very successful. Pastor, I'm curious here um, because I suspect the same thing is going to happen with, with Trump if he's the nominee. Uh, you're going to have people like Paul Ryan and the establishment leadership yeah. actively campaigning against him, and that is a losing proposition if, in fact, somebody like a Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama tickets yep. in the works. You boy, Todd. Great observation. You're exactly correct, and that will happen. I mean, uh, I don't think you would call yourself a prophet, but what you just said that will happen. And so there, there's so much of the Republican Party that is compromised. And again, in California, you see it where they traffic around in the Republican suit. They are the Republican leadership establishment of California. And they just can't produce. They can't produce congressional candidates. They can't produce state assembly. And um, the, again, Todd, we got a bizarre thing happening in California. And that is people are shocked to find out that in local elections, California is going very, very red in local elections. And it's not being reported. But there is truly, if there was ever a grassroots effort underway in California, it's going on now. And regardless of the outcome in 2024, California is going to do really well. Mm. What is We've got about 60 seconds left, uh, Pastor. What's the danger of Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom in the White House? It is a, uh, it's, it's an image. It's a, a, a projected uh, sense of we understand you. We embrace everyone. We have all these broad views on... Uh, gender. We have these broad views on economy. We want to give everybody something. And make. here's the killer, Todd. Here's the killer. Even if you don't, now they would never say this, but even if you don't uh, like us, make history with us. Come and vote for us. Make history. This is the first ticket of its kind. Come on out and, and make history. And people love to be able to say, yeah, I voted for them. I, I really didn't agree with their policies, but I just wanted to be part of history. I actually heard that from Obama's election in 2008. There you go. That's it. All right, Pastor Jack, always uh, always great to have you on. Well, I, I hope this this is not um, um, uh, I hope this doesn't come to pass. I, I hope you're. Can I say you're a false prophet? I hope you are, brother. I'd love to be in this context. <laughs> All right. Well, Pastor, always good hearing from you. I got to get out to California sometime. We got a fellowship. Amen. God bless you, Todd. All right. God bless you, Pastor Jack Hibbs from Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And I will just leave this to you, ladies and gentlemen, as we go to break here. What's your take on this? 
the possibility of a Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama ticket. You know, it's interesting. He's right. We should not discount Gavin Newsom because he was able to push back hard against the recall. And the only reason he was able to do that is because the Republican Party actively campaigned against Larry Elder. All right, here's our telephone number, 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Let's go to the phones, 844-747-8868. James in Arkansas, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, James, what's on your mind? Well, Todd, you know, I've called in before, and I've told you the same thing before, but, you know, the Republicans have a problem. And I don't mean just the politicians. I mean... Everyone that is registered as a Republican or conservative or whatever they want to call themselves, because Democrats will vote for a piece of crap if that's the if that's the uh, nominee. Republicans will say, "Oh, I can't vote for him because of whatever you know X, Y, or Z." You know, and and, and that's the problem the Republicans have. They don't support the nominee. They, they come up with, just like Trump, they'll come up with something, some reason why they can't support him. Even though he did a fantastic job as president, they'll come up with some reason why they can't support him. Well, and on the flip reason- side of that, James, you know, there are a lot of conservatives who refuse to vote for McCain and Romney. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, Democrats will vote for the nominee, whoever it is. It doesn't matter if they they could as Trump as Trump said one time they could stand in the middle of the street and kill somebody and they'd still vote for him. You, you know, know well and, look, I had to hold my nose. Yeah, way. look, I held my nose and I voted for Mitt Romney, but I know a lot of conservatives who did not, and I I still ask them to this day: Are really are you better off with eight years of Barack Hussein Obama in the White House? Because that's what you're going to get. And if the Republicans don't wake up, and this time it's going to be the establishment Republicans who stayed home. In 2020, they stayed home, and I guarantee you they will sabotage Trump's campaign again. I guarantee it, but we got to figure oh, out a way no, around I, it. I, I have no doubt of that, and Paul Ryan confirmed that, and he's just a weasel anyway. Oh, yes. I thought he was, I thought he was a weasel when he was in Congress, and he's still a weasel now. But, you know, he's, he's, he's endemic of all the Republicans as a whole because, you know, the, uh, I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Just like I, when I was in Iraq, uh, I, I always said, you know, that, that, that the, the Muslims said, well, you know, we hate each other, but we'll, we'll come together and run him off, and then we'll go back to fighting. And that's essentially what the Republicans and Democrats do. That they get together and say, well, we hate Trump, and we can't stand to have Trump as president again, so well, we'll do whatever we Let me say this, James, sure and I happens. appreciate the call. Uh, let me say this. Republicans, if if we go down this path, we will lose in 2024. So we got to get our act together. And that's the message that James is bringing. And it's a great message. Hang tight. Got to take a break. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show.
Well, there's a great new book by David Horowitz. It's called The Final Battle. And David reveals the secret war led by far-left Democrats and a new woke generation who want to destroy our culture and our freedoms. Horowitz says they're in our schools, our, our churches, even our military. And the final battle, he explains Joe Biden and big media and how they plan to stop Trump and DeSantis in 2024. Horowitz names names. Newsmax calls final battle the book of the year. Dinesh D'Souza says it's the biggest expose of Biden and the left. And by the way, you can get final battle in bookstores or you can take advantage of my free offer and save yourself 28 bucks. Here's how you do that. Call 800-NEWSMAX, that's 1-800-NEWSMAX, or go online to FinalBattle611.com. That's FinalBattle611.com. All right, we told you about this crazy story out of Wichita, Kansas. The headline, Teacher Training Obtained from a FOIA of Wichita Public Schools, says lack of using pronouns could lead to death. Well, I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Nicole Neely is president of Parents Defending Education. Nicole, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right. What the heck is going on in Wichita? Right. It's surprising that this is coming from the Heartland because if it can happen in Wichita, parents need to know this can happen absolutely anywhere. Living in a red state does not protect your child from this nonsense. No, it does not. And and Wichita, we have tons of listeners there. Very conservative city, and I'm just shocked about what's happening. Uh, give us uh, give us the background on what you and your team have learned. Sure. So we filed a public records request act with Wichita Public Schools to see how they were dealing with gender issues, and what we got back was a teacher training presentation about LGBTQ plus students pronouns and more. And this training is just full of, of, of things that are uh, talk about how schools are hostile places for LGBTQ students and that not using a student's preferred pronouns or name they choose by, they choose to go by, um, you know, which is considered affirming, um, may lead to depression and even suicide. You know, it talks about the, this can actually lead to death. And so talk about apocalyptic and guilt trips, but also really appalling because of, you know, this is a deeply personal decision and you're trying to compel speech both of students as well as of faculty there was another slide that said to not use the preferred pronouns and or names can actually equate to discrimination yes and that if you listen to parents wishes to you know this is my child my, my, my child's biological sex is male or female i don't want you to call him or her by a different name that you are then being deputized to discriminate. And so it in- encourages teachers to overrule parents' explicit wishes, which is horrifying. These are taxpayer-funded schools, these are our tax dollars, and these are our children. At the end of the day, the buck stops with me as the parent, not with them as the teacher. So so t- take me through this, this training. This was something administered to teachers in the public school system right now in Wichita. Correct, yes. And so... You know, my, my kids were in a public school for a year. So every couple, you know, weeks, the school would be closed for a day. I would have to either stay home with my kids or send them to a day camp or something so the teachers could do some kind of training session. And for, in, in my mind, as a, as a parent, I think, okay, well, you're learning how to teach phonics better. You're learning better pedagogy and how to, you know, teach children math or something. But no, instead, they're learning things about this, how to keep secrets from parents and why, which is horrifying. 
It, it is horrifying, and and it seems to you guys seem to have stumbled upon yet more evidence that these classrooms are really being turned into propaganda centers for this radical sex and gender ideology. Right, and let's take a step back and think about how our children are actually doing in school. Even before the pandemic, our children were not doing well. They were not proficient in many, many districts across the country in reading, writing, mathematics. They were not at grade level. Fast forward two years of keeping schools closed, thanks to the teachers' unions, and children's achievement has fallen off a cliff. Yet rather than making up that learning loss, getting children back to where they need to be to have those basic skills to to succeed in life, children are instead spending hours a day talking about identity politics and things like this, divisive, personal, value-laden things. And so our children are not able to, again, succeed at the end of the day because instead they're being indoctrinated with this kind of garbage. I'm reading through some of the materials here from Wichita Public Schools and folks listening to us on KQAM radio in Wichita. You need to be calling your public school today to get the get to the bottom of this. Upon birth, we are typically categorized into one of two genders, boy or girl, depending on how our genitals are read. What? This is unbelievable. This It goes on and on and on. This is really a deconstruction of gender. That's what it looks like to me, Nicole. Yes, and they're using materials from outright activist groups like GLSEN, G-L-S-E-N, which is a, a gay and lesbian advocacy organization that has things called the genderbred person, the gender unicorn, where it's pushing this idea that gender is a social construct. Um, you know, these lessons tell children, you know, beginning in kindergarten that, well, yeah, my, my adult picked my gender. You know, they made a guess when I was born. Um, and so it's really, it's very confusing for children at age-inappropriate levels. And so for teachers to be taught that this is how you should be introducing these subjects to children is, in my mind, it's an abdication of responsibility and really a betrayal of that trust that many of us have in our school. Parents Defending Education is the organization, folks, and we've got a direct link uh, to their uh, website on our live show blog, but defendinged.org, defendinged.org, if you want to check it out real quick here. Nicole, I, I'm curious, so this was the training material. Do we have any evidence that this has actually been implemented in classrooms there in Wichita? Um, well, the fact that this is something that teachers were taught, sadly, you know, you and I know that there are a lot of teachers who fully believe this, that are bought into this, and for older teachers who maybe think, oh, you know, maybe this isn't my role. Maybe that's something that a, a parent should discuss with their children. We have seen in other districts across the country younger teachers bullying older teachers, trying to encourage them to retire, move on. Um, in Oregon last year, we got a video of a teacher on a Zoom telling older teachers, evolve or dissolve, right? Get with the program or else. And so there really is, I think, a lot of internal pressure on teachers, even you know, good teachers who, who don't want to do these kinds of things. And so it's, I think, worrisome for the long-term trend of what do our public schools look yeah, like. I, you know, I was reading in some of the materials here, I was astonished at the number of LGBT employees in the Wichita School District. Right. Um, and you, you think, uh, and that was another thing from the presentation. So Wichita Public Schools has an estimated 340-plus staff that identify as LGBTQ. So the, the district itself says it has 5,600 full-time employees. So that means that about... Uh, almost 2% of staff actually identify as transgender, which is a really high percentage um, and something that, you know, you think almost certainly impacts not only their, their, their outlook, as, you know, we hear from the other side all the time, your implicit bias, 
But then also, yeah, what kinds of lessons are you trying to you know, model for your children? What kinds of topics are you talking about? I, it's funny because I think back when I was in school, I didn't know if my teachers were married. I didn't know if they had children. We just learned. But now we see so many teachers, you know, through videos that lives at TikTok and places like that, where they feel that they have to talk about themselves all the time and make it about themselves and their experience. And frankly, I mean, I have a second year old, a, a second grader and a third grader. I don't want my children having those conversations with anybody, be it a teacher, be it anybody else. Those are conversations I as a parent should have. It's, it's so creepy. You, you see these videos and these these grown adults are looking for affirmation from five- and six-year-old, seven-year-old kids. It's very bizarre. Yes, um, and it is this kind of this move towards kind of teacher-centric. It's all about me. It's all about me. And then we're also seeing that play out in terms of teaching styles where it's, it's student-centric. And sadly, um, we have seen countless districts across the country where districts have parental exclusion policies. Um, they say that students have a right to, you know, identify, uh, decide what their gender identity is, but parents don't have a right to know that information. And so schools are actively encouraging students not only to figure out what their own gender identity is, but then to hide it from their families and their loved ones. Nicole, I'm curious. I know you guys are a national organization. Uh, is is this a, a significant issue in other school districts, or is this simply an isolated case? What are you guys finding out there? It is, frighteningly, it is absolutely everywhere. We have a tip line, and since our launch in March of 2021, we have been receiving 50 to 200 tips a week from across wow. the country. Um, and in 2021, a lot of it was about race. It was, you know, Ibram Kendi or the 1619 Project. Last year, um, well over half, about 60% of what we got in was about gender issues, about pronouns, about bathrooms, about lesson plans like this, about explicit books. And so this is something that really, it came on very quickly, but it feels like it is a very acute problem and sadly one that is not going away anytime soon. And I don't know if you guys can share this maybe in generic terms, but how did you guys get a, a, a hold of this information from Wichita? We filed public records requests. Um, we like to do that just to get access to what districts are using, are teaching, because these are taxpayer-funded institutions. They are responsible for how they spend our dollars. Um, we filed public records requests with, uh, for training materials, for curriculum. We even, in 2021, actually, were the ones that uncovered the National School Board Association's collusion with the Biden administration. We FOIA'd every single board member of the NSBA in their home district and were able to figure out that they had been working with the White House on this issue for, for weeks. Well, good for you. And it's great work you guys are, are doing. And, Nicole, we appreciate you spending a few moments of time with us. Real quick, before we leave, what would you recommend moms and dads, taxpayers in Wichita do? Definitely be something, say something. Um, people who send us tips, they can do so anonymously. We will take the slings and arrows. They don't have to. But in my mind, sunshine is the best disinfectant. Um, when we can expose things like this, Thanks to diligent reporters like you, we can get it out there. I'm sure there are dozens, hundreds of families in Wichita public schools who have no idea that their teachers are being taught this kind of garbage. And so when you know about it, you can do something about it. Demand that your principal, that your superintendent, your school board act on this and never use it again. All right. Good, good information there. All right, Nicole, go get them and uh, keep us updated. Anything else happening around the country, let us know. We'd love to, uh, to share that with our listeners. Great. Thank you. All right. Nicole Neely, president of Parents Defending Education. We have a direct link on our live show blog. What an insane story, folks. The the teachers in Wichita undergoing training, telling teachers that the lack of using pronouns could lead to death. We are here to support and educate students, not to judge them 
or push them over the proverbial edge. The teachers were also told that to allow a parent's wishes to not use the student's preferred pronouns and or names is to allow yourself to be deputized to discriminate. In other words, they're calling the parents discriminatory. This is not acceptable. You know what's not acceptable is this indoctrination. And it's shocking. She said that a lot of teachers, older teachers, are now being bullied into retiring or getting out of the classroom. All right, we're going to be taking your calls on this. Got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. By the way, you folks in Memphis, Tennessee, listening to us on KWAM, crazy story. But the news team over at KWAM now reporting that a FedEx pilot who was in his crash house, I guess that's where they go to sleep uh, before um, or in between flights, um, they had some some thugs that um, hit the crash pad, sprayed it with gunfire. Uh, the, we understand the pilot is going to be okay. He's going to have surgery. He got hit, we believe, in the shoulder. Uh, a retired U.S. Marine Corps colonel um, who'd spent his life deployed in a war zone, and he gets shot in Memphis, Tennessee. So we want to pray for that individual. FedEx is referring comments to the um, to the police department. So this is all sort of breaking news in Memphis. So uh, you folks uh, listening to us in Memphis, uh, be sure to check out the uh, top-of-the-hour news. Hopefully they'll get that intel for you. Let's go to North Carolina, our great new affiliate there, WSJS. Bill wants to weigh in on reparations. Hey, Bill, how are you today? Todd, I'm doing great. It's always better to be on this side of the grass than the other side. <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> or, or, or another one is better to be uh, seen than not viewed. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> My question for you is, now, I not to sound like I was a, an irresponsible parent, but it, it began whenever I started coaching my son in AAU basketball. And we had to collect everybody's birth certificate. All right. I noticed on my sons one day, I went, something's wrong here. They had the parents listed as black. I'm, I, I apologize for being white, but we were both white. But his birth certificate has him as black. Would he be eligible for reparation? Well, that's a that's a good question. I mean, the, you know, honestly, Bill, you can self-identify. It's the Rachel Dolezal rule. If if you remember her from was it Washington State, she was in charge of the NAACP. It turned out she was a white woman, but she identified as black. Okay, so I'm just saying that doesn't that open the door for everyone to all of a sudden decide, it, hey. I'm going to change and make myself eligible. I'm with you, which is why San Francisco, in their rule, they said you have to at least be black for the past 10 years. You have to identify. It's it's ludicrous. The whole thing's crazy, Bill. I mean, I can call myself, I can identify as LeBron Stards, but I still don't have a vertical leap. It's just not there. I can appreciate that myself. And one final thing, Todd, if you don't mind, real quick. My wife is a retired teacher. She spent 
30 years in the classroom, and the, the most terrible thing I used to hear is when my wife was teaching and she would have you know, the meetings with the parents and everything, and she would ex- explain what they needed to do and all that, and the parents would say, hey, it's her job to teach her that or responsibility or even just just general everyday being nice kind of things. That's your job. You're the teacher. You teach that. And so I just want to throw that out there to you. Yeah. You know, hey, it's basically like a daycare center. But anyway. Yeah. that's Look, I mean, parents, by the time the kid comes to school, the kid ought to know how to read and ought to be able to know right from wrong. Correct. But they, they kept trying to follow that responsibility on her to teach them right from wrong and, and things. And it, sure, the, uh, you teach a lot in a classroom. That's a good place to teach those things that you need, the, the math, the English, and so forth. But you can also help with the emotional side of it, but it's got to begin at home. I mean, you know. That's uh, it. If you love your kids at home, they're going to be loved at school, and it kind of makes things a little bit easier. Bill, but sounds like sounds like your sounds like your wife was a great teacher, and I hope she enjoys her retirement years. Well, uh, unfortunately, she's still working because I'm retired. Oh well, yeah, there you go. It yeah, it is what keep, it is. She's got to keep up my life. Well, let's make. We'll try to keep you out. We'll try to keep you out of in-house suspension. So there you go. There you go. All right, Bill. Uh, thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great day. All right, you too. All right, Bill from North Carolina, Winston Salem, great town over there in North Carolina. By the way, real quick before we uh, have to break here, and we'll be back for hour three coming up. New Emerson College poll out. President Trump taking a thirty point lead over Ron DeSantis in the new Emerson College poll. Uh, DeSantis, wow, this is it's going to be tough, folks. It is going to be tough. You, you hope people kind of see the writing on the wall here, and everybody gets behind Trump. Let's get a VP candidate, a good solid conservative, and let's win back the White House. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, that should be our prayer. All right, hang tight, folks. Hour three coming up next. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 3 of The Big Show. Happy to have you with us today, and I trust you are doing well. Thank you for hanging out with us, noon to 3 Eastern. We are we're not one of the big corporate guys. We are a grassroots talk radio program, and we are so honored to be broadcasting on 140 radio stations around this great nation. Uh, there is some brand new polling data out from Emerson College. They say that President Trump is leading Ron DeSantis 55% to 30% in the polling data. This is and they this is in a 10-person race, a 10-way race for the Republican nomination. Trump at 55% and he beats everybody else. 
on Thursday. This poll just came out today, by the way. On Thursday, Rasmussen came out with a poll. Trump at 52%, 24% for Ron DeSantis. Now, just a few moments ago, we uh, we talked with our good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, pastor of one of the largest churches in Southern California. And he warned that Republicans better get it together because he believes that the Democrats are going to be running a, a, a combo platter of Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama. Now, we want to get your take on that. We're going to go to the phone lines here in just a moment, 844-747-8868. We have Keith in North Carolina, Evelyn in Ohio. Hang tight. But I want to play some audio from Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends. They sent him down to Florida, which is Ron DeSantis' territory, and they were actually in search of a Ron DeSantis supporter. Take a listen. Metro Dining here. I got a question for you. Ready? All right. 2024. Who's pumped up for the election? All right. Rapid fire. Who's your man? Who's your woman? My man, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Christy, no. Christy, no. Who's your man? Trump. Or a woman? Trump. Trump. A lot of Trump fans. Trump and Nikki Haley. And Nikki Haley. Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. All right, so far, a lot of Donald Trump. I see... I see uh, Governor DeSantis. What about President DeSantis? I like it. I like uh, it. Who's your pick? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Trump or DeSantis. I'm either or. Right, I'm so either. you're right in the middle. Yes, I am. What you pumped up for? I am super pumped. I feel like we need a little bit of a break from election to election. It goes from one to the other, but it's getting exciting. We know Nikki Haley's in. We know Vivek Ramaswamy is in. And we also know that uh, it looks like Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, and so many others are poised to jump in, including Governor Ron DeSantis, who spoke us out today. He'll be on a little bit later. That's the ladies from the Metro Diner. Thanks so much for coming out. Thank you, Kilmeade. Pardon me. You know, you want to sing along to that. Thank you, Smash Mouth. Um, It's interesting. There was no one in the diner that actually is voting for Ron DeSantis, and it's his state. What's going on there? All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, Keith in North Carolina listening to us on The Talk Station. Hi, Keith. What's going on? Well, Todd, before I even begin, I'm just going to give you a kudos. Once again, you are presenting a superb program. Well, thank you, <laughs> sir. I appreciate that. I mean, you really are. You you, you bring forth uh, some very good information and good good callers. I was going to mention a couple of things else, but I got in trouble once for going off topic. Topic, and Grace got on to me. Yes, so she's a stickler. She's a stickler, Keith. Stick to it. Well, Stick to it. Well, Dylan warned me. Well, the reason that I called her was I played baseball for years. I've got friends that played baseball for years, and if Major League Baseball wants to bring more people into the fold. Cut the cost of going to a ball game. I mean, it cost an arm and a leg to take a family of four. By the time you get there, I lived in northeast Arkansas. We'd drive up to St. Louis. By the time the game was over, you had to get a motel room. Then you got to eat. The cost of the concessions within the, within the stadium <laughs> are outrageous. Just cut the cost and make it more affordable. 
I am looking. So, Keith, what you were talking about, this goes back to a uh, we we did a piece on the new uh, pitch clock and it has shaved off. At least right now, it's shaving off in uh, spring training, 30 to 40 minutes per game. But to your point, I I just pulled up the average ticket prices for major league games. Boston Red Sox, $75 a ticket, Keith. And you're right. I guess when you throw in the Cracker Jacks and the uh, the Baptist Martini, man, you're going to be spending well over a hundred a hundred dollars just for one person, easily. So you think that's the reason why people are getting turned off from baseball? It's not necessarily the length of the game; it's the price. It's both. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's talk. Have a great. Well, are you have you, a great day, Todd? Keith, were you going to talk about Gavin Newsom? Uh, well, I, I thought a long time ago that Michelle may jump in. I believe I mentioned that on your own program before the last election. You did indeed. And, and what and I think Newsom, Newsom, Michelle Obama could be a pretty formidable foe. It would be tough. It would be. It would be tough. All anyway, right. You guys have a great day and keep up the good work. Well, thank right. you, Keith. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, folks, I, I, I'm just, I, you know, we call balls and strikes here on the program. And um, Michelle Obama, if she decides to jump in, that's going to be ugly. It is going to be an ugly, ugly battle. All right, let's go to Evelyn in Ohio. Hi, Evelyn. How are you today? I'm fine, but I've never done this before, so I hope I do it clearly. A first-time um, caller. Evelyn, welcome. We're so glad you're ever. you're you're calling in today. Thank you. Um, I'm calling about what you've said and the lady yesterday who said the Republican Party should plan ahead. And for my thoughts are that we need Florida as a good, strong state for the next election. So I think DeSantis should should wait till 2028. And I'm sure there are I mean, there are good candidates out there for vice president. I'm not a Nikki Haley fan. She's too um, establishment. But I really like Christy Nome. She's strong. She's good. I believe her COVID response was no masking. And I would think South Dakota could come up with another good candidate and she could be vice president possibly. So that's my take on it. You know who I I like, and and I'm not saying she should be considered yet, but Winsome Sears, who is the newly elected lieutenant governor of Virginia, a military veteran. Uh, She has incredibly and impeccable conservative credentials. She might make a pretty good uh, and attractive candidate. And there are good candidates out there, but I would not pick Nikki. So that's my take. Thank All you right. for taking my call. Evelyn, so glad to do that. You did a great job. You give us a call back one of these days. Thank you All very right. much. Well done. All right, let's go to Maine, W-L-O-B. That's Ray Richardson country. Zion joins us. What's on your mind today? Hello. Um, very glad to be on your program. A uh, first-time caller as well. So um, I wanted to, you know, touch on the Michelle Obama thing. I don't think that... She is confident, but maybe to be a vice president um, might get people to to vote for her. Um, but Gavin Newsom, I do see the potential for them to run him because Biden is not not it. And let's face it, we're already in the midst of World War Three. 
Um, so they're going to need a better uh, candidate. And Ron DeSantis, he is very strong, but I don't think he should run and get in Trump's way. I think he should run in 2028. So so you think Trump is the guy? Is, is, is Would he be your pick for 2024? Absolutely. What do you like about Trump? Well, it, um, that you know, I'm actually 18. I'll be a first-time voter. And I'm not loyal to the GOP, really. I'm loyal to Trump because I've seen that he has done a good job. I haven't seen none of these GOP. Well, DeSantis does all right. But I haven't seen any of these um, conservatives like the Bushes or any of that do anything substantial. And I think that uh, Trump actually, you know, does his best to keep his word. Zion, is there, when you go and cast your vote for the very first time, and I'm very, I'm very intrigued by this, you're going to go and cast your vote for the very first time. What are the issues, or is there one issue in particular that's really important to you? Um, well, issue that's important to me. Uh, number one, the economy, the economy, the economy. And number two, this war that uh, the Biden administration has got involved in that I see turning into World War Three. And you've done the math, Zion, and you know if they implement the draft, you may not be going to college. You may be going to the front lines. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Wow. Well, it sounds to me like you're, you're making a pretty informed and educated decision here. Uh, Zion, here's what I want to do for I want to give you a copy. Uh, so don't hang up, but I want to give you a copy of my book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. I think you'll enjoy the read, and it'll kind of give you an idea of what's what's going on around the country. Is that okay? Can we send you a copy of that? Yes, I would appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Well, hang tight, and uh, Dylan will get all your information, and we'll get you a, a signed copy of uh, that book in the mail. So you see, folks, this is what we have so many young people that are listening to this program, and this is why I have hope in America, because there are plenty of young patriots that understand the Constitution. They understand what America is all about. And as long as we're able to grow up and raise up that next generation of patriots, we're going to be all right. We're going to be okay. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number, that's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. So I've been using Apple products for for a very long time, decades, and I'm just a big fan, and I think I have just about every product they've made except for the watch. I don't do watches. But I, I've been reading about this, this new update, and I've been getting the alerts on my phone over the past couple of days about the new update. Is it 16.1, 16.2? And I'm hearing some pretty disturbing things about this. So apparently, uh, the update, which I have not gotten yet, the update could impact your battery charging time, which has been a big issue. A lot of people have been complaining uh, when when uh, the iOS 16 first came out that the battery charge was just not good. So they've been dealing with this problem for a long time. Well, now there is something new happening. So the Apple introduced a clean energy charge, and it claims it's going to reduce your carbon footprint. This is nuts. 
But anyway, Apple says that once you update your phone and the mode has been enabled, has been enabled, your iPhone will charge differently once it's connected to a charger. And here's how it works. Apparently, the phone literally gets a report of carbon emissions generated by the local energy grid and then uses that information to determine when to charge your phone. So in other words, you may need your phone right away and you plug it in and it may take forever to charge because your local energy grid is using too much energy. This is nuts. Anyway, I'm curious to know if any of you folks have have gotten the download and what sort of an impact it's had because I don't want to Look, I'm having enough trouble as is. I had to get a new laptop. The stupid uh, keyboard keeps going out, and I wanted to transfer everything over. But before I could transfer, we had to we had to um, do the big update, and then it tells me you got no. I've got no space for the update, so you got to buy all this. It's insane what's been going on with the Apple products, and I'm wondering if it's just me. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. People are very upset about this. Uh, one software engineer, this is from Unilad.com, a, a great tech uh, site. And the software engineer, Chief Nerd, says that if you notice your iPhone is charging a little slower, it may be due to a new setting Apple added called Clean Energy Charging. With it turned on, iOS will only recharge the iPhone's battery when the electrical grid uses cleaner energy sources like solar or wind. Now, my question is, can you actually disable this? That's what I'm wondering. So a lot of people are are jumping on and saying, no wonder my battery has, has been trash. And I've noticed that with mine, and, and I haven't even done the update yet. So I'm curious to know if any of you folks have um, have seen the same issue. 844-747-8868. That is our telephone number. Let's go to Tony in Georgia. Hi, Tony. What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, Todd? I'm wondering why we're not talking about Candace Owens. What did she do now? I just wanted to run with Trump to non-establishment uh, as a renovate. Candace Owens from the Daily Wire. Yes. Yeah, what do you like about her? I, I have some reservations, but I'm curious, what makes her your pick? She's a go-getter. When she when she has something she wants to do, she goes and gets it. She gets things done. Okay. Does that make her – I mean, could she be the president? I mean, if Trump were to not no, be able to – I'm talking about vice president. Yeah, uh, I think she could. You think so? I think she could. All yeah. right. I, I don't know about that, Tony. I mean, she's a good communicator. I'm still not quite clear of her conservative credentials, uh, to be honest with you. Um, she okay. she is a relatively new convert, I guess, over the past five or six years to the conservative way of life. And again, nothing wrong with that. But I just have a, um, I don't know, I have some, uh, I'm not too sure about that. Okay. And the one thing about Trump, yeah, and, uh, I'm all Trump. I, I think we shouldn't have presidents after 75 years old. I, the reason I say that is because of what's going on now. Well, it's and that is a fair argument, Tony. Fair argument. All right, appreciate that call. Let's go to Bill in Tennessee, KWAM. Bill, real quick, what's your iPhone story? Help me out here. Hey, Tom. 
I just uh, updated a couple of days ago, and I can't tell the difference between the charging. And I'm going to tell you, this iPhone 13 that I have, it holds its battery from the time I wake up in the morning till midnight. Is that uh, right? I'll be at 20. It is the best charged battery I've ever had in an iPhone. You see, uh, I, I always... I always upgrade, and and I'm just wondering if all the new devices, like the cameras and all that kind of stuff, it just sucks the life right out of the battery. I think they do. Uh, But, you know, I don't do a lot with my phone. I work work with it, and I'm on the phone all day long. But I don't do, like, a lot of games and stuff like that. So I I don't know if I'm normal or not, but my 11 did not hold the charge like this one does. I was having to put it on charge just three or four times a day. Bill, I'm Uh such a loser. I shouldn't admit this. I only have one game on my phone, and it's solitaire. (laughs) Is that terrible? Maybe. (laughs) That is not terrible. (laughs) I have solitaire, and I have words with friends. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's good. I have some games my daughter had on there when she was little that I've never taken off, but they don't get used, you know. Bill, appreciate the intel. Yeah, we got to skedaddle here and recharge and pay some bills, but I appreciate that. Hang tight, everybody. We got Senator Mark Wayne Mullen coming up. Also, your calls. I want to hear from you iPhone people. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Todd Starge Radio Program. Happy to have you with us today, ladies and gentlemen. Hope it hope the sun is shining where you are. Hey, let's go right now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line from the great state of Oklahoma, our good friend Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. Uh, Senator, I hope you're doing good today. Todd, I'm doing okay. I'm in I'm in D.C., the concrete jungle. I'm a lot better when I'm back home, but... Uh... Listen, if, if 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 this isn't it's still honor be up here, so it's not a it's not a bad day. It's just not a great day. No, I, look, I understand. I I've been in D.C. I get you, uh, and of course we'll be there in a couple of days for CPAC, and it'll be a bit more enjoyable with more conservatives inside the Beltway Won't Center. It, though, I mean, what a great opportunity to actually flood this this liberal town that has tent cities and around our national monuments now. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I, I drove the other day past one of our museums and in the corner there was a whole tent city set up and i'm like you know what in the world i expect to see this when i'm in lima peru but not in the not here in the the the, the nation's capital uh so it'll be nice to finally put conservatives in here and we might actually we're not going to outrun outnumber the the liberals here in this town but we'll actually be able to add a little bit of common sense to this place you know senator what i find strange about that is you would think even the democrats would be concerned about their own safety with, uh, you know, for example, Union Station. And back when I was at Fox News Channel, I was in and out of that building. And it looked like a homeless center, a war zone, even back several years ago. I can only imagine what it's like today. You know that beautiful fountain that's in front of Union Station? Yeah. Um, This summer, they had to shut it down and drain it because the homeless population was swimming and taking baths in it. Uh, I'm not kidding. I mean, that's how bad it is right now. It is absolute sir i have a place up here because you know i have to have a i have to have a place to stay and uh you you can't even you can't even get package delivered because your packages are stolen about as about as fast as they drop them off uh the crime is just so rampant through here it's it's it is absolutely absurd there is used to being on capitol hill was considered somewhat of a safe area and dc's always been a little bit rough you know when you leave when you get out to the to farther away from Capitol Hill. Now here on Capitol Hill, 
you have, and what the problem is, is you have this place was shut down for two years. Two years, kids in this in this and in, in, in D.C. didn't go to school. And you're not just going to turn the switch on and all of a sudden make them go to school. For two years, you had a lot of kids running around the town with had a lot of, a lot of idle time on their hands. And what does it say? It says, you know, idled hands are the devil's playground. And the cr- the crime has ran rapid, uh, rampant. And now you have uh, extremely liberal drug policies where people are openly walking down the road with a blunt in their hand, and uh, and then they don't prosecute. Uh, you have gangs of, of UTVs uh, and ATVs and motorcycles that run up and down the streets, and they literally just block the streets off, and they've been told not to, not to interfere with them. They don't do whatever they want. And I'm going, where is common sense on this? We're a nation of laws, and either we force enforce those laws or we don't, because if you allow them to break some of them, and then you think you're going to enforce the others, you're, you're kidding yourself. If you allow them to break laws, they're going to continue to get bolder and bolder on breaking bigger and bigger laws. Well, I have to imagine when you fly back home to Oklahoma, it's like going back to utopia. Yeah, I was about ready to say the exact same thing. It's going back to utopia. You think, oh, thank the Lord, I'm where, I'm where people understand and respect each other and still, and, and still care for the neighbor. Senator, uh, you serve on the Armed Services Committee. Uh, General Milley, um, this story from Newsmax, says that we're, Ukraine's going to need more money by June. And talking about billions of dollars, I mean, what, well over $100 billion we've already given these folks. I mean, where, do, where, does, where is the line drawn here? You know, uh, this isn't uh, why I believe we should be helping, Todd. I think we should be helping Ukraine. You've got to understand that Russia isn't going to stop in Ukraine. They're wanting to go to Georgia. Uh, they've already shown that they're aggressive towards Georgia. They didn't go all the way to Tel Aviv last time, but they will next time. Um, they're, they're going to go to, um, uh, into the Czechs um, and Azerbaijan. So you got this mindset of Russia that where he thinks he's going to restore the old Soviet Union, and um, and nothing's going to stop him if we allow him to go through Ukraine. If we allow him to take Ukraine, understand he'll control over seventy five percent of the energy supply to that entire region and over twenty five percent of the food supply. Uh, so he will have control of the economy. If you control the energy and you control the food supply, you control the economy of Europe. However, with that being said, Germany, France, Spain, Greece, Italy, uh, the UK, they need to be taking the lead on this. And we should we be assistance? Yes, because they're allies of ours. Uh, but we can't just simply set back. Right now, though, we're overwhelmingly the largest uh, donor to, uh, to either humanitarian or direct military aid that's out there. And I don't think we're over 100 million. I think we're at right now we're sitting around 79 million. Or seventy nine billion, not million, seventy nine billion, but that's still over and beyond what everybody else is doing by multiples, and uh, and 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 to be frank about it, it's their backyard, it's Germany's backyard, and when we, I was just recently on a trip to um, to the Middle East, meeting with world leaders, and also into Munich, and uh, and then into Finland. And it was interesting to me because when we were sitting down with Germany, the world leaders of Germany, um, they were they were upset at the United States, which is get this, you know, you, Germany went all green and it cost them their economy, right? They they got rid of their coal fired power plants, they got rid of their natural gas, and they decided to go all green, which made them more dependent on on uh, on uh, Russia oil and uh, and natural gas, uh, and and but now they're lecturing us 
on upset that we're not able to produce more natural gas so they can do, so they'll be less dependent on Russia. They want us to produce more natural gas, which I agree with them, but they kind of dug their own bed here. They put the they made this they made their bed here and they they're kind of lying in it. But they're telling us they want us to produce more natural gas so we can sell to them. So we have a market. People are not wanting to do business with them, but yet we have a, a an administration here that's anti fossil fuel. But then you got to keep in mind, literally two weeks before he created he he um, uh, uh, Putin he as Putin invaded Ukraine, you had Biden that was out there uh, lobbying Congress to lift the sanctions on on the NORAD two uh, pipeline. Literally two weeks beforehand, and now now Germany doesn't want to do anything with it, and so you've got a whole shift happening in Europe where they're afraid of, of 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 Putin and what he's doing, but yet they're not stepping up to the plate and they're asking us to do more in Ukraine. When honestly, they should be taking the lead and we should be assisting. Any any confirmation yet? Any word that you're getting as to who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? By the way, uh. Yes, but I'm not sure, and I, I don't, don't mean to be vague on this, but I'm not sure if it's if it's declassified yet. So I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it because I'd have to check that. But yes, uh, there is confirmation on 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 how that was done. Let me. Well, let me ask you this, and I and I completely respect um, the the classified intel here. But once that information comes out, will the American people be shocked by what they hear? I don't want to get close to it. Okay, uh, fair <laughs> I, enough. I, I'm just, you know, we have. I, I have. So there, every member of Congress has a TS clearance. Sure. I've been very, I've been very um, privileged to have a much higher clearance than that because of my uh, my seat on the House Intelligence Committee uh, before and before I was in the House, and now I sit on the on the Armed Service Committee in the Senate. And we carry a much different clearance, and I don't want to do anything. No, to no, no. That. That makes makes perfect sense. I, yeah. So let's pivot over to the China balloon uh, issue here. So the the Biden administration was shooting them down like it was duck season, and now nothing. They haven't been shooting anything down. What what's going on there? You know, I, the the policy on this administration is uh, is driven by the outcry of the media. When they don't feel like the media is on their side, they make a decision. Uh, what you have is you have an administration with very weak leaders because you have an administration that hired based on diversity, not based on on ability. And and so uh, when you when you do that, you don't you're not putting the best and the brightest people in place. And we've seen that from this administration. I mean, it's one crisis after the next. You got you know Pete Buttigieg that during the um, uh, during our our. A supply line crisis. He goes on maternity leave. Um, I'm not even going to go there, but I think it, the picture of him and his husband laying in a maternity bed with their adopted child was quite disturbing. When they said they were going on a maternity leave, I don't know of any CEO or, or world leader uh, in a crisis that goes on maternity leave. I, I know my wife and I were sitting there talking about it, going, you know, when we when we had our first child. She was bringing him to work because we had a small business we were trying to trying to build every day, and she was bringing him to work the week after uh, that uh, that we had our, our first child, and and because she had to breastfeed him every few hours, right? But she didn't she didn't miss work because we couldn't afford to. Uh, but then you have an, you have a, a guy that goes on vacation and is absent, completely absent during a, a major crisis yeah. that happened in East Pakistan when, with the train derailment, and he's still gone. They're absent. So now you go back and you talk about the balloons. Who's making these decisions? 
who in the administration is making this decision? We've been briefed by military leaders. Uh, we've been briefed with, with the FAA. Uh, we've been briefed by Department of Transportation. And no one's making the decisions. The decisions are simply driven when it becomes, when it becomes a political issue for yep, them. It sure and is. And so what is, why they're shooting them down, the rhyme and reason behind them, we still haven't even been informed exactly what the last three was they shot down and what they were gathering. We do know what the you know Chinese weather balloons slash surveillance balloon was doing or capable of doing, but I don't think they've been true to the American people. I, my theory on what that what the, the the first big balloon we shut down was doing, I think they were piping they were they were tracing our pipelines, uh, and and the reason why is because they had thermal energy and thermal imaging in them, and they also was able to pick up Wi-Fi signals. Uh, the pattern that it took was following a, a pipeline coming through Alaska to us because they understand, China understands that they can't beat us on natural resources, but they can disrupt the supply. And if they disrupt the supply of the pipeline coming in from Alaska, they'll disrupt 20% of our supply to our refineries. And, uh, and yes, there's piping out there, but when you're in the middle of a cold winter, and then you have thermal energy, the, the, the maps can be off, but when you have thermal energy, you can find exactly where those pipelines are, and you can, and you can tell where the signals are that have the valves that, are, that control uh, on and off and, and disrupting them easily that way. That's my theory behind it, right? But they haven't even been honest with us with what they were gathering. We know what they know they have the technology to be able to show what, that was, what those balloons were gathering, but they haven't told us that. So they're not being transparent even with us, with Congress, much less the American people. And they need to tell us because they, the American people need to understand that China is not just simply a Cold World threat. They are truly a threat that, that in this time, if I was saying it right now, I, I, I would unfortunately say that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when – uh, they go into Taiwan, and then what is our response and how much they come after us to keep us and prohibit us from interfering with them taking over Taiwan? There you go. Senator, we're going to have to leave it there, but perhaps the most important question of the day, have you seen the TV show Tulsa? It's one of my favorites now uh, over on Paramount. I mean, you guys you got, know, got a great town. I, I'm, a hu- I'm a huge supporter of of uh, Sylvester Sloan, I love all his movies. I mean, he's changed my life with Rocky and Rain- Rambo, and then The Expendables. Um, but I haven't seen it. And the little known fact about it is, the beginning of the show was filmed in Tulsa, but the show is actually filmed in Oklahoma City. And uh, and so I haven't seen it yet, but I plan on it. Oh, you got it. You got to check it out. And uh, looking forward to getting to Tulsa and seeing if I can't, or maybe Oklahoma City. I guess I'm confused now. So. Well, Senator, we appreciate you coming on the program, and uh, we appreciate the great work you're doing up on Capitol Hill. Well, I appreciate it. When you come into town, uh, let me know, and we'll try to meet up. I love it. That'd be great. All right, All right Senator, Mar- Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. All right, my friends, now is the time for us to fight back against these censors. AT&T punishing Newsmax, One American News. 
Well, now it's time to send a message to AT&T that we're just not, not going to take it anymore. And that's why I want to encourage you to check out PatriotMobile.com, America's only conservative Christian wireless carrier, PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. You're going to find all sorts of great deals just for listeners of this program. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Go check it out. You can type in your address, and they'll tell you what the coverage looks like in your area. They use the same towers the other guys use. So you're going to get great coverage. You're going to get a great deal. And best of all, you're going to be supporting a conservative Christian company. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Oh, by the way, use my first name, Todd. They're going to give you free premier activation. It's a pretty good deal. All right, let's go to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Van in North Carolina, WSIC, our great station there. Hi, Van. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, honored that you take my call. And just real quick, Trump is the man. And not having Trump in the game is like having a Tom Brady or a Michael Jordan sitting on the bench. We need the best that we've got in this game if we're going to get back on track. Current admin has no clue. Thank you, sir. Well, Van, I, I you look, I you you did a very nice job for a first time caller. I think that was very well put. And I go back to the uh, the call we had from was it Maine, the eighteen year old casting his vote for the first time in the twenty twenty four race, and he says Trump's his guy. So I think there's a lot to that. Van, thanks for the call and welcome. We love first time callers. Uh, so yeah, so look, this, people need to pay attention here. Now it's, and it's not corp, the big corporate radio giants because they're, everybody is colluding against Trump here. And you've got to, you'll have to, you're going to have to wade through and do your homework. But for Fox News not to be covering CPAC, that's just weird. And by the way, Ron DeSantis, if he is going to run, why would he not go to CPAC? Seems to me you would want to have that engagement with conservative voters. And he's been there before. It's not like he's never been to CPAC. Same with Mike Pence. But again, those guys have not declared yet. They haven't thrown their names in the hat just yet. Seems to me they would want to be there. That That's all I'm saying. So I just saw this. Marjorie Taylor Greene says that she was attacked in a restaurant. She said some insane woman screamed at her and uh, also her adult son. Marjorie writing on Twitter, they had no respect for the restaurant or the staff or the people dining or people like me who simply have different political views. They are self-righteous and they are insane. Well, no doubt about that. They are. They're they're liberals. What do you expect, MTG? What do you expect? She says, I was sitting at my table working with my staff and never even noticed these people until they turned into demons. Marjorie, this is Satan. I'm scary. People used to respect others, even if they had different views. But not anymore. Our country is gone. It's true. And I hate, I wonder where they were eating at. Probably Applebee's, you think? I don't know, TGI Fridays? I'm not sure, but... All I can say is, liberals, you're going to try to go out there and pick on somebody. She's the wrong person to pick on. She can bench press a Buick. MTG can. You don't want to mess with MTG. She'll Look, she will come after you. 
That's all I'm saying. Got to watch out for those conservative women. All right, folks, been a great show today. A lot of great calls. Thank you. Hey, ToddSterns.com, be sure to be sure to check out the website. Great stories there. We've got great content. Download the free podcast. And, folks, get out there and be good, America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.